Hello there, welcome to the Club Club Podcast. My name is James Alvarado. Today I am joined, as always, by Hannah. Hello. And also in the Boston crew, and one member of the talent, Patrick. Hello. And finally, here in Tyler with me, Zachary. Hi. Now you can't edit it out because I'm going to say that you just called me the least. Oh, okay. (laughs) And uh, it it also happens to be your, your pick this week. Is that correct, Zach? That is. Uh, and uh, I picked Who Will Cut Our Hair When We're Gone by the Unicorns. The Unicorns. Who Will Cut Our Hair When We're Gone. Uh, this album is considered their second or first. It's a little confusing, but I saw conflicting it's, things regarding that. Yeah, yeah. So they they released this in two thousand three. Um, they had two releases before this, but they were like self released. And I guess the the first one was reworked. Count. Yeah, they don't count. The first one was reworked <laughs> into the second one, which was those songs were reworked into this album. Um, and those first ones were made when they were just a two piece. It was just Alden and Nick. Um, they added a drummer for this album, even though they still played drums on a majority of the tracks and not their drummer, which I just found out recently by looking up the credits, their drummer plays drums on like five songs. Um, that's right. Yeah. So (laughs) So they're a trio. I didn't really like read anything about this band. So they are a trio. Yeah. You to fill me in. So they're from, uh, Canada. They're from Canada. They're actually from the, uh, let me get this right, because I always get my my regions of Canada mixed up. Uh, They're from the Montreal scene of music. They basically started, Nick and Alden, who are the, basically those are the unicorns. They're they're essentially a duo with like a third, you know, a little tag along with Jamie. Uh, They started writing music together in like, in high school. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of moved in with some, with some friends who happened to be, they happened to later you know, be in Arcade Fire. So that was gotcha. their roommate. And the... Cool. Maybe the other guy was the roommate, but it, uh, those guys have guest appearances on this album too. So they kind of were like in that explosion of like the early 2000s, uh, like indie rock scene in, in Montreal. All right, I gotta say something real quick. The When you first described this band to us, you said they were Baroque pop. Yeah, not Baroque and, pop. Not Baroque pop. Uh, that's not what I was going anyway. But when I think of Baroque pop, the first band that comes to my mind... Is always of Montreal. Oh, is that that's, that's a James. band that comes to mind as well to me. Yeah, but, but I just think it's funny that we're talking about all these Montreal bands, and then the one band that I think of is of Montreal. But they're is not there from some Montreal, sort of connection. Right? They're of Montreal is from yeah. Athens, Georgia. But yeah, is that's their name somehow related to this? I don't know scene or something. I don't know. I don't think I, it I don't is know. probably. But I don't. And I said they're broke pop. I think they're just adjacent to that because they played with broke a lot of adjacent. Yeah, and I would say their later efforts as their other projects after this are more baroque-ish. I don't really find they, baroque pop enjoyable, so I was pleasantly okay. surprised that that's not what it was. <laughs> yeah, well, you mentioned of Montreal. Yeah. I find their stuff enjoyable, but like other bands in that realm, fun. Sometimes, for example, it could be a little much. Can't really do it. You know? Yeah, sometimes listen to like a whole album of baroque pop can be a bit much, but. This yeah. is more just place. someone. I, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I sort of know what it is, but someone. I still don't even understand why is it called Baroque pop in the first place. I well, it's a pure sound. I feel like there know? needs to be like an. It's organ. a reference to like the Baroque era of right. classical music. So it's like. I don't really see it. I guess. But okay. And as an expert on the Baroque music, classical <laughs> era, I just don't really see it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think uh, it has to do with, I think the Baroque, I could be completely wrong about this. So I'm going to caveat this statement, but I think the Baroque era of classical music was known for being like very flowery, ornate, lots of kind of ornamentation to the music. And I think that's okay. sort of what the comparison is. Yeah. Which, yeah. And sometimes it's like, if you just have an accordion, like, <laughs> there right. you go. But I mean, I feel like if you went with that definition, then you could kind of get the unicorns from that because there's a lot of, you know, flourishments mm-hmm. and like yeah. extra stuff in there. I was trying to think of who I always think of with this genre. It's Florence and the Machine. That uh, I was thinking of that. And I don't find that stuff enjoyable. But yeah, like okay. to have that very specific, like I think what we've come to know as Baroque pop, it's yeah, kind of like the accordion. So I just I just looked like, up. Baroque pop artists, though, and there's a lot on here that I do like, so maybe I'm I'm wrong. Uh oh, oh, he's coming around. He's finding a new genre. He yeah, likes. maybe I just don't know what I, I don't know what's what. Um, but I'm yeah, sorry I mean, for the I digression think that, there. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's get back I, to I would the say album. they're probably not necessarily Baroque, but just you know Baroque adjacent. They're more like indie pop, and I mean even some lo-fi and some of their and some of their stuff with yep. their uh, interesting keyboard choices. Speaking of that, it sounds like I felt like, and this is maybe true of a lot of lo-fi stuff sometimes but i felt like they were purposefully trying to make it sound worse than they were oh yeah as players you know i think that was it was definitely intentional yeah I, i've always kind of thought that uh listening to this um yeah like there's a lot of like just like, goofy moments and yeah like i think yeah times where they're like trying to like let them that, let's play this ridiculous bass solo and then on the next song we'll act like <laughs> we don't know how to play the guitar you know yeah um so yeah but i guess before we get too much into that that's really all i have for an introduction to this album other than um just one little interesting note about something i saw in an interview actually recently they so they broke up because they they all ended up hating each other uh which is which is funny like they just could not stand each other uh so they spent so much time touring because they didn't want to pay rent because they were like i think they were like subletting their apartment when they were on tour yeah. And they spent so much time touring that they were like, we actually do not get along. And so they, you know, they went their separate ways and haven't written music together like since. Yeah. Uh, which is very sad because I, I, I think that they make a good, good pair, but also like they went out to do some really cool things. Like they both do soundtracks mm-hmm. and like uh, Nick did that, the serial podcast soundtrack. And then Alden did, uh, I can't I remember the that. name of the movie, uh, Paper Hearts. That is like Michael Sarah movie. Um, he ended up writing some of that soundtrack with Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. So another interesting Canadian refer- uh, connection. I knew when you said there was this one last little bit you wanted to talk about, you were going to talk about how this band is related to every Canadian band ever. Yes. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Canadian bands. Uh, no, just... So he did that with Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah is also in his backing band. And then wow. uh, Mr. Heavenly had Michael yeah. Sarah play bass on tour, which is just... They, it, after they split up, they both like had joint custody of Michael Sarah. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> they just like split in between touring bands. But yeah, so they one thing Alden mentioned. Isn't Michael was like, Sarah like too busy to be doing that? I I, mean, I don't know. Who knows what like he, he really likes to play the I, bass. Yeah. You know, I think he's really hasn't done too much acting. He just kind of picks up what he wants since he's mm-hmm. he did a lot of that as a young kid, you know? Yeah. Um but yeah Alden mentioned in an interview that they you know like they were very unknown when this album came out. But mm-hmm. they got for some reason, reviewed in Pitchfork, and yeah. they got an eight point nine, and also were put on like the like top ten indie artists you need to listen to, and yeah. that like basically scared the shit out of them, <laughs> and led to this weird like disassociation of where he saw like himself in this band and as a actual person as two separate beings, and like it was like this weird like spiraling moment, and I think he like decided to quit music or like take a break because of that. Wow. Um, so fun stuff, right? But yeah, uh, let's let's do a little roundtable before we get too much into it. Uh, let's start with Patrick because you're right below me. Well, but before Patrick goes, Han- Hannah, could you deci- describe their sound? Yeah, so we already did a little bit, but they're very heavily influenced by the Baroque movement. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, go a- ahead, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's just like some good 2000s indie pop. Um, there's, you know, lots of, like, synths, just, like, you know, weird synth voices. 
kind of just interesting like vocal things that they're doing throughout the album. You have to to different instruments. Lots of like back and forth vocals. Just some good indie rock, indie pop. Uh, what's funny is it actually took me a few listens to realize there were two vocalists yeah that was you know <laughs> well they're like talking to each other a lot of the yeah times. exactly <laughs> all right now can we do a round table or are you satisfied with that james do you guys do any additions or <laughs> good luck editing redactions. all this patrick you guys want to start over no 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 i think you know let's just keep our own flavor in here uh what is my first take on this <laughs> I liked it a bit more than I expected to, I guess. Um, Baroque pop, not that it is Baroque pop. We already had this discussion, but that's how it was introduced to me. So I was like, eh, We're I guess to I'm not sure shots. how I will react to this. It's kind of an up and down album for me. Some tracks, I'm like, okay, I could take this or leave this. Some I think are really, really good. Overall, I think it's a very, very strong album. I can see why it's well regarded. It's... Not necessarily one that I think I'll frequently put on and listen to cover to cover, but there are some tracks on it that I like a lot that will definitely make it into my rotation. What What did you not like about it? Just curious. Um, Some parts I found a little bit self-indulgent, mm. I think, in terms of like random intros on songs that go on for too long. Not, I mean, uh, they can do whatever they want. It's their song, but... For my taste, um, <laughs> I get a little bit like, okay, let's get on with the song here. Um, that sort of thing. Some of the just, I tend to like the songs that are more indie pop, or indie rock sounding mm -hmm. and less meandering, I guess is the way I could put it. Uh, there's some songs in the album that are like super, like, I feel like they're super concise and like, not that there's any really long songs, but some of them kind of are feel like they're wandering around mm -hmm. trying to convey an idea and others kind of have a very crystallized idea that just immediately comes out. And those ones I tend to like more. That's just my personal taste more than anything, but gotcha. So I think we've been doing this podcast too long. Cause when I got in my car this morning, I was like, what's Patrick going to dislike about this album? <laughs> and it was, I was, it was the beginning of, uh, Seaghost when they're playing like the flute or whatever and I was like he's gonna fucking hate all these intros <laughs> that's actually one of the songs I like I like, like, yeah, I like yeah. that one but, but the song I before that yeah go ahead no Seaghost the but yeah, that has like the recorder flute around yeah, the beginning. Right. I actually don't mind that one so much. I find that one kind of comical because it's like clearly just a joke. Um, yeah. But then when that one actually starts up, that is one of my uh, favorite songs on the album. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love some Seagulls. All right. Got a star. Uh, all right, James. Uh, I had, oh, James, I, I want to hear your thoughts. A lot of similar opinions to Patrick. It was very hard for me to hold my tongue while he was talking there. I want to just like jump on and say, yeah, yeah, that's right. Amen, brother. I saw you nodding. Amen. <laughs> okay, so let's just get to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, James has nothing to say. I liked it. I thought it was strong. Did you guys get a kick out of where I got this album from? Because I had like listened to it before. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. I respected you less Where did after you get this that? album from? <laughs> Orchant, I got it right? from an essentials guide. And this particular oh, guy oh, yeah, was yeah, like yeah. an answer to, to dads who say that music today sucks or something. That's mm -hmm. right. Uh, I remember thinking it was like an okay list. It wasn't like one of my favorite guides I ever went through or anything. It was just, I was just looking for something easy to go grab yeah. some new albums. This from. was in the column of like pop, like pop, uh, pop is boring nowadays or something. Right. Like that. Right. I, yeah, I, I feel similarly to Pat. I, I did like it though. Um, probably, I, I feel like I probably liked it more than Pat. A lot of catchy songs, memorable songs on it. I'm going to enjoy like, 
I like to shuffle through the albums. Like I have a playlist of all the albums we've picked for the podcast. I like to shuffle through it and I will enjoy a lot of the songs that get put on here. That being said, I don't know that I would like when I just sit down and pick an album to listen to. I don't know that it's going to be one that I pick to listen to front to back. You know, yeah. I thought thematically it was cool. I mm-hmm. am a person who who is relatively preoccupied with death. So that that part of the album fit me fit to me. But it's also like a, a lot more fun than it sounds when described that way. Yeah. Exactly. And on, on that note... Fun, it's a fun album about death. Yeah, and it sounds very of the time to me, yeah. which is part of what keeps me listening to it, because I found myself like being like, oh, this sounds like uh, David Bowie, you know, or this sounds like Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down, which is a newer band than this band is, as far as I know. But like, part of it, I, I was like, oh, this sounds like Babe. <laughs> and Oh, yeah, and James said uh, that one of the songs you, sounded like Babe. Tough Ghost, well, uh, bro. J- yeah, that's right. That nice. is Babe. Well... Joe used to uh, soundcheck to the I Was Born a Unicorn oh, okay. intro riff all the time. So you've probably heard some of us play some of, some of this album. Um, and so I would find myself like almost wanting to just stop listening to this and going and listening to those things. But, but what kept me coming back was like, it just is a, it sounds like the 2000s to me and it's kind mm-hmm. of a nostalgia thing. So I enjoyed that aspect and it wasn't over the top with it, but it, it, it was like, I don't know how to describe this sound, but it, it always sound, almost sounds like an Ivy League college type sound to me, similar to like... I could see that. Some of those bands we listed out are... La- similar to like Vampire Weekend. A few episodes ago, yeah. like Vampire Weekend, all the club <laughs> bands, Bombay Bicycle Club, Two Door Cinema Club, those bands. For some reason, they remind me or make me think of like some foggy Ivy League campus somewhere. There's a little you know? bit. I feel like I would want to hang out with... like. Except wasn't it Vampire was- Weekend NYU? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't that, matter where they actually I don't really know. It's not a foggy Ivy League campus. It's Manhattan. Uh-oh. But, you know, same difference. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I just mean like uh, bands from that time. I don't know if they're actually... I, th- I think it was NYU. <laughs> I don't know. I, I agree with what just you're saying. Just email us if we're wrong. <laughs> what's the... Please, please email, someone emails email us. us. Yeah. Fine. Um, um, what's the, uh, the Montreal College? That's... Uh, <laughs> McGill University is in Montreal. There you go. I think... What else? I'm sure there's several, but yeah, that's this is the the Canadian Ivy League. Band. So I've I've gone on a long time with my portion of the round table, but 100% agree with Pat. Like I I found myself enjoying the songs where they like just play play the guitar, and like some of those 2000s bands did sometimes like like they they do they grab whatever instruments are in the studio and make some wacky part out of it and sometimes i can find mm-hmm. that just like it feels trite to me like i don't really care could take it or leave it that's why i kind of felt like i enjoyed the songs that just kind of got to the point more or felt like they did anyway cool so uh hannah um are you gonna break my heart here <laughs> no so i liked it a lot um okay i just thought yeah it was like just some good good indie indie pop um, you made it out unscathed this week zach I know. I know. I know. <laughs> well, I thought Hannah was the wild card because I, I was like, Hannah might love this or she might, you know, pull a Blood Brothers on me. And what the? <laughs> no, I liked it a lot more than the Blood Brothers. Um, yeah, I just thought like I really liked all the, you know, consistent like imagery and vibe throughout it. I thought it was a very fun album. I thought the lyrics were strong. And James, you were kind of getting at this, but I like that like a lot of the lyrics are like, about very serious topics, but like they don't really take themselves too seriously. And, you Mm -hmm. know, it's still a fun album. Yeah. You could tell that the band, yeah, that they kind of try to make a point to not take themselves too seriously or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, did you guys know that they have like stage names? Did you guys see that? No, I didn't like read anything about the band. Oh, okay. Um, So in the, they're credited as Nick is credited as, uh, Neil diamonds. (laughs) And then Alden is, Credited as Ginger. Oh, okay. Okay. I think yeah, I saw that I in the lyrics. I think I did see a reference to that. Sometimes, somewhere. yeah, it'll say Ginger and Diamonds. Yeah. And yeah, then uh, their drummer, Jamie, is uh, his stage name is uh, Jamie spelled with uh, like an ap- uh, apostrophe after the J, like the French yeah. style, right. which is kind of funny. Man, man, I meant, meant to make a joke oh, earlier on. I got a the, lot of jokes. At the beginning of the show about like, oh, were we listening to the Unicorns this week? I listened to the Duonicorns, the Tunicorns, oh. the Bi-Unicorns oh. or something. See, but see, that sounds like you spent a lot of time thinking about that one. I did. You just have to, <laughs> you just have to let it flow. Just think of like 
Just let your mind just think of the stupidest the tunicorns. thing. Without using <laughs> the tunicorns. There you go. Look at that. How to get Look advice that, from an expert. Yep. <laughs> it, um, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So overall, I liked it a lot. Um, you know, it's not going to be like my favorite album on earth, but you know, I did enjoy it a lot. Um, now you're breaking my heart, Anna. <laughs> it's my new favorite album. When did you first listen to this album, Zach? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I should have brought that up in the beginning. Um, so my uh, my friend Dylan, who was a grade above me in high school, um, he had a, a car and could drive before me. So he he was my ride a lot of times, and he had this album. Nice. So I, I stole it. I ripped his iPod and got all of his music, and this was probably one of my favorite albums I got from there. It was probably yeah. about 2005. I listened to maybe. much cooler music than I did at a younger age. Anna too. I, yeah, I, I, I know you like to trash my taste in music, but I'm actually much cooler than you. I so. don't think so. Especially as a, a young adult. Uh, yeah, I'm actually sh- surprised that I wasn't really familiar with this, but I think I did hear um, I was born a unicorn like before because yeah. when that when I heard that one for the first time, I was like, oh, I that had a music had video. This. Yeah, and uh, if yeah, you were in that? if you were in a Hastings in the year 2014 when the the 10 year anniversary like remaster came out that mm-hmm. song was apparently playing because that's the only time so i've ever heard this before i searched for a music video yeah. I, I wrote down like my prediction for what i'd see and it was <laughs> okay a skinny white guy long hair okay possibly shoulder I, I meant to say i put long but i really meant like medium length hair possibly shoulder length but no, okay. no longer you're, than that you're walking it back after you saw and it, then actually. i put on <laughs> i put below that bell bottoms or a pearl snap throwback okay. flare in the music video and then if that was all wrong, I said, or Ivy League College Appeal, whatever that means, right? So, anyway. So, what was it? It was vintage throwback. Okay. It, we watched that. You, I know, you might I have been asleep. dozing off, but uh, it's kind of like very vintage looking footage, almost like a Super 8 camera or something. But yeah. I don't think I've actually ever seen that video. It wasn't, I, I felt like I wasn't super on the mark. Just live footage of them from uh, shot on vintage cameras, basically, is what it looks like to oh, me. Okay. So, it's kind of cool, but not. They're on a budget. Breaking necessarily, yeah. Oh, also, this will just a random fact. They they broke up in Houston, Texas. So that's mm. a yeah, that's, that's just kind a of dramatic. If you have like a place yeah. you broke up, especially if you're from Damn. Montreal, Canada, and you've got to get from yeah. Houston. So this was like <laughs> before show Montreal or something. I think it was after. Jeez. But like on tour. Yeah, that's rough. All right, sorry, Pat. Go ahead. I was just going to comment that one thing I didn't mention in my first thoughts was that I really like the way this album sounds and the way it's mixed and recorded. I think it's very well done in a way that sort of straddles the line between lo-fi and like sounding bad. More like lo-fi is kind of sounding bad, but I think this straddles the line between lo-fi and hi-fi in a way. Mm. Like you can tell that it was actually sort of mixed. I, I think it was anyway, was mixed with some skill but it sounds pro- it still professionally has, done to me. Yeah. I like the way the reverb on the drums sounds like the drums have a kind of garagey sound. They also have a sort of professional sheen to them that is a little bit elevates them a little bit from just straight garaginess and yeah, i think that I was sort of thing say, is tough to achieve it, it does remind me of a garage rock band for some reason like that's that's what i thought when i was mm-hmm. listening to but elevated the, but yeah elevated. Yeah, it is a little bit elevated that something about the snare it's kind of got that like like garage snare sound <laughs> But elegant. <laughs> That's perfect. But elegant. Um, so this producer did a lot of uh, Canadian bands. I mm-hmm. think he's done a couple of Arcade Fire albums. I'm going to... Hold on. Let me actually look him up on uh, so I'll know. Because I... His name wasn't clickable on Wikipedia, which is, you know... It's embarrassing. It's... Uh, right. <laughs> Jeez, man. I'm trying to click on it right now. 
So the first uh, track, I Don't Want to Die, was that like a Muppet voice at the end? Did you guys hear that? Uh, let me it's credited as death. Okay. Um, I but thought it yeah. was like a Muppet. It's just one of them goofing around. Yeah. Uh, it, oh, what is that line? Uh, Buckle up, boys. We're going for a little ride. That's right. Yeah. It's supposed to be. Where is that? You know? I don't know. I didn't so write it says, down. Death. I just want one more breath. Can you grab me one more, please? So like the, the whole album is like the one more breath before death. And then it's a. It's kind of in the background. Didn't really like the, that as an intro. But I that love track, that song. Thought lyrically, I understand why it's the intro. As a song, yeah. I didn't really care for it. Mm. Did. Did you like the plane crash explosion sound? I did like that. Yeah, it made me like it more after I noticed that. I agree with James. It's not my favorite track. It's just based on the music. Okay, so Mark Lawson, who produced this album, did... He engineered The Suburbs by Arcade Fire. So congrats on your Grammy, my dude. <laughs> wow. Um and then he produced Reflector by Arcade Fire. And oh, did the, the, the last Arcade Fire. Okay. So he he dislikes uh whole Arcade Fire. Nice. Or they like him. That's true and he just likes their money. I get it. <laughs> they like each other. Yeah. So uh so this song goes right into uh Tough Ghost. lyrics on tough ghost yeah tough ghost is like it's such a playful song yeah uh, what are the lyrics i didn't really pay much attention to any of the lyrics i didn't, um, just, I didn't uh, write any of them down so I think the tough ghost a, is, is jesus okay is it i don't oh yeah I didn't, that's I what never thought. genius said mm-hmm. interesting okay i had never thought about it like that there's i mean there's that line that tough ghost disappears for three days i thought it was just a just kind of a, a jokey reference and then because i you know tough ghost is set in his ways i don't i don't know how that's about jesus but And then I don't want to hurt you while you can't because I'm already dead because he's a ghost. Mm-hmm. You know, get it? I thought that one of my uh, favorite songs. I, I thought after reading the lyrics, too, yeah, I, I liked, liked it, it more too. Yeah, I just the the first lyrics that ever stuck out to me in the song were the I lift weights but I don't sweat. I go for a swim but I don't get wet. I lift weights but I don't sweat. I go for a swim but I don't get wet. I don't yeah, I hilarious. Like that. Just like a just yeah. like thinking about a ghost like swimming and like brushing it off because it. Right, I thought it was like a funny <laughs> visual. Yeah. Another interesting thing is like when they play live. Like I've, I've never seen them because they, you know, they broke up before. Most people even knew that they existed. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the main makeup of their live performance is like if a song is keys and bass, it's Alden on bass and Nick on keys. So, but if it's like guitar and bass, it's Nick on guitar. Wait, it's Alden on guitar and Nick on bass, which is kind of just interesting that they flip it around like that. So this is one of the first songs where they like flip back. I had a prediction. I wrote that next to Ghost Mountain. Like I was said, I was going to guess that this was one of Zach's favorites. This is yes, because it was so, one of my least favorites. Uh, <laughs> this is one of his, that's that's hilarious. So it was yeah, one of the songs that I thought was like meandering and <laughs> kind of really didn't really. Yeah, I agree. I it wasn't one of my favorites, but uh, I but I've liked noticed it. that like these songs where I feel like it's got these instrumental parts that I don't care for and they meander a little bit. You oftentimes love them. So it's like, I'm starting to learn about my co-hosts here. Well, there you go. This one, I I said had Sesame Street vibes. I, I can feel that. that. 
just like it's uh it's, it's very it's like bopping around and yeah like, but kind of like it kind of sounded like a children's song i guess so it's a ghost story is that the deal yeah so the whole the whole idea is like they're out camping and like going up the side of a mountain and then someone's telling a, a ghost story Someone told a story about something dead and gory. There was heat from the fire, but I still froze when I saw the ghost. Oh. And uh, about like a, a ghost they saw, and basically, it, like they're running away from it. And at the very end, he says, Just kidding, I made it up. There was no ghost. I just wanted to get down the mountain faster, basically. I just told you guys that, you know, to, to force you to... To light a fire under your ass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but there's this part about them seeing a ghost and it, like, going for their throats or something. Yeah, yeah. And so with the, if you go to the last line, he says, sweet nothing, I made it up. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's I just enjoy. I really enjoyed the way he says, "I told the gang." It's just like, like you said, very Sesame Street vibes of like someone mm-hmm. trying to be like, "Hey, kids!" Yeah, <laughs> I hey, told gang. the gang. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It has a lot of good, a lot of good keys in this song. Like this is where a lot of like the. The, the good lo-fi sounds are coming through because it has that uh like a drum machine in the background i just heard it i do in my headphones here i do like the extremely lo-fi xylophone sound that comes in yeah. towards the end of the song like, dunk, 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 dunk. like yeah i think big yeah, bird so there's also playing that they're Who's playing that <laughs> big, big bird, bird. Big bird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're also clanging on like a glass or something because that's that what, might be what i'm talking that's about what breaks at the bat at the oh. bot the sorry the end of the song they like throw a cup down or something and it shatters. Oh, right. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. You know, Sesame Street, did you guys see the did you guys see the clipping Sesame Street commercial during the Super Bowl? Didn't. No. Didn't watch Super Bowl. David Diggs. Do you on the, uh, you on the David I Diggs? I did see the Sesame Street one, but no, we I, did see the Sesame Street. I, I didn't one. realize the band clipping was in it. I thought it was for like Grubhub or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like a some uh, yeah, they were promoting something. I didn't know what I was that just was like, Oh, that's that's clipping. That's David Diggs. I was telling him. Mallory's like, oh, I know that guy. Uh, and then I didn't really like guy. to see Sesame Street promoting Grubhub, but I guess it is what it is, you know. Yeah. They gotta eat, gotta pay the bills. It's very unneighborhoodly yeah. of them, huh? I mean, I don't know. It, Grubhub's, I just, all these delivery apps, it's just like. Got this for Christmas. They just haven't spent suck. it yet. They just suck. They don't really help anyone. They just are all. They're sort of like predators. Losing money to the... try to gain market share. And they don't the treat the delivery workers that well. So what are we really gaining by these companies? We can go get Just something on an app it's... instead of like calling them up. It's only cost me three bucks to have something delivered. I'm not saying I enjoyed them. Like I said, I've had this for like a month and a half now. I don't, I don't know how to spend it. The app, dude. I'll spend I don't want to download that app to my phone. <laughs> Just go to grubhub.com then. I might. Could have $500 oh, yeah, on card, it. I would use it. It says 15 to 500 <laughs> Anyway. No, not so, to talk about. <laughs> Patrick, you're getting very ghost. down about this. I dove into that prison scene With a parasite attached to me I'd hope it's all below Yeah, so one of the things that I liked about the album was just that I thought there were a lot of memorable, like, vocal moments on it and... Mm-hmm. Sea Ghost had a couple of those for me. Like, I really liked the way that they sang, but we weren't welcome. But we weren't welcome. And then I oh, also yeah. really like the part where they're like, my memory is so fucking unclear. And my memory is so, so, so fucking unclear. What time was it? And where? Yeah, and then I his like voice cracks at the end. The mm. "Who was I with?" I I love that. That that made me fall in love with this. It like brought the song from like A plus to to S mm-hmm. tier. 
for me, you know? <laughs> yeah, this song, it starts out with that that recorder. And uh, I, I thought, see, I thought that was going to make you guys hate it. But um, once it gets going, it's one of the catchier ones, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I really, really like the guitar thing that comes in. <laughs> yeah. That nice reverb on it. Sounds yeah, cool. and then, so mixed in with it, there is, it's either a bowed guitar or a bowed bass. Hmm. That's kind of like bouncing. If you listen closely, you just throw it on your headphones right now. You can kind of hear it. Just like bouncing behind that guitar. Um, I think that's what makes it sound so unique. Yeah. Good yeah, tone. you can kind of hear it in that riff. Yeah. So this song, it, it's interesting because like it kind of first first purview, like it kind of seems like it's about suicide, but I think it's actually about just kind of getting, you know, so the line, the line is the first line. I drove into that freezing sea with a parasite attached to me. It's like he's talking about his band about trying <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just like you've got something that's bugging you and you're genius. You know, you're said doing... it was about his marriage. Oh. Yeah, it's it, I mean, it could be. I think it's more vague than that, mm-hmm. but it could be about his marriage. Like, you know, like he's diving in the ocean to get rid of a problem, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of like distracting himself from what the what the issue it is. seems like a reach to me and then it's about the marriage the, thing the divorce the nine years before oh, okay. the divorce <laughs> yeah. oh that he was like already singing this yeah oh yeah yeah i was gonna say they, they were got divorced just, clearly this had been building up for some time it's like <laughs> oh, okay i was gonna say they were like 19 20 when this album came out it's so like it's kind of not that you can't get divorced in that according time, to like, sources close with nicholas thorburn clearly this had been building up for some time I think it's just because there is there's that line. I had hoped the salt below would divorce what was wet above. Oh. I don't think that's literally about divorce. And right. Wedding. I mean, honestly, I think the fact that he uses those words makes me think it's like not about that. Yeah, because it's I, it's talking about removing the parasite attached to you, like which I don't think is actually you know his spouse. Divorced. I think it's like a literal like a, a like affliction or a problem or like a you know something something going on in his life that's Guys, a little maybe more. Maybe it has multiple meanings. Dang it, what if it is? You just blew my mind. <laughs> what did you guys think of the Child Star song? Uh, I really liked the, uh, the back and forth talking towards the end. Dude, I did too. <laughs> yeah, like how, how fun is it to just sing along to I Hate yeah. You over and over and it'd be really catchy? I hate you. I hate you too. Like I didn't like the song at first because so I was like, oh, what is this? But then it like grew on me. It grew on me. So, so yeah, I, I it would, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go I ahead, sent go you guys ahead. my ratings for the album. Since I'm at a computer now, I can easily I do, that. Just now? do that. Yeah. Did okay. not see it. Got a one star for this just because I felt like it didn't need to be five five and a half minutes long. Yeah, it could have been shorter, but see, I, I'm not gonna accept uh, uh, an issue with song link from James. Um, let me go back to well, how how long is that that album? Oh my gosh, it's 40 minutes long, <laughs> 45 minutes long. Edit this out so so Brian doesn't hear it. Four songs. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's not. See, see song link isn't it, an issue for me. It's just like when there's parts that don't feel like they they do it's anything about what you do with it. Yeah. I get it. No, I, I but see, I I still think that this song like. It's one of the most memorable works songs of the be- album to me. It, it works because of like the build up to it, you know? Yeah, the and, build like, up was fun. It has like a, one of my favorite guitar sounds on the album. The guitar kind of explodes. Uh, I don't have a timestamp on it. Beginning, middle, and I wish I. Yeah, kind of in the, in the middle. It's just, uh, it's weird for like an album that necessarily isn't guitar driven to like have a really in your face kind of guitar moment. Yeah. I mean, this album isn't guitar driven, but I feel like there is a lot of good guitar on it. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite songs is probably the most guitar driven one, The Clap. Yeah. I'd see that James didn't get that at Star, which surprises mm-hmm. me because this is one of the most like focused songs on the entire album. It just starts out with that really cool riff. <laughs> Hands 
just mm-hmm. kind of runs that for the whole thing. Yeah. I liked that a lot. I yeah. actually cool. can't figure out who's singing that song. That's the only one I'm not sure which vocalist it is. But yeah, it's yeah, kind it's of a just, different singing style. Right. Like there's nowhere else on the album that has like a, like, I guess that kind of yell. But yeah, yeah so it almost sounds all- like it's like a character or something. Like they're like yeah. doing someone, you know, like. I get, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of get that too. Um, but when I was thinking about trying to think of songs that I don't like on this album, mm-hmm. I don't think there are any that I actually dislike. I think I love every single song on here, but if like the clap wasn't on this album, I wouldn't notice it. Mm. Like if it was missing, but I, but yeah, I do love this song a lot. So I don't know what that says about, about that at all. <laughs> um, I just like that you can write a song with three lines and it doesn't feel like it's three lines. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah. So it seems like there's a suite of songs right here that kind of go away from the death themes. Yeah, and I think these are um, from previous albums. So I think that they kind of like... It's the recycled uh, material. Yeah. Which ones? The Clap and what? Like what else? six through nine? Or the what? Clap, Child, Child Star, Star, Let's Get Known, I Was Born a Unicorn. I say that, but I think maybe not because you can find their their website is maybe still up and it has the the old lyrics um and it's kind of funny because some of those songs that are on this album the lyrics are entirely different like there's like one or two lines that are close so some of these songs are like heavily rewritten Mm. so maybe maybe not but yeah yeah so i was born a unicorn good track i assume we all like it uh, yeah yeah that's the <laughs> consensus the like fan favorite it's the, definitely going on the playlist right? it's the theme song of the band right, right. It, yeah. it, it's really good i was born a unicorn i missed the art but i could have sworn you'd wait for me yeah it, you know that like every single line in the song is just so good like i like could just sit here and just read the lyrics out loud like but how did you guys feel about, so Brendan Reed is the guy who does the, uh, that's the guy from Arcade Fire. He does that, like, low voice. When dreamy beasts are dying down and all out, they're there. If we agree they're there, they're there. Alive and sure. I, I love that so much. That, like, came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so goofy, and I, I, I love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a really good song. And I think that where they placed it in the album is was like really good too, because it's after Child Star and Let's Get Known, which are two of the more like minimal songs, like instrumentally. So then like this one comes in and it's just like peppy and upbeat. They're the unicorns. They're more than horses. they're the unicorns and they're people too yeah like straight up just the theme song i love it yeah and they talk about like you know missing the arc yeah yeah there are gonna be there is gonna be uh there's like a lot of clear choices for playlist material off of this yeah they're definitely like a good like playlist band you know it's like any of these songs come up you're gonna be like happy to hear it yeah but also like this is one of the songs where if you like if someone told you this band, like these members literally hate each other and you're like, pick apart these lyrics, you're like, were they joking when they wrote the lyrics to the song <laughs> where they're yelling at each other about who writes the songs? And you're like, not doing uh, it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I write the song. I write the song. You say I'm doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. It's like they're just like, getting shit out that they were trying to say to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's I mean, funny. So do they still, do they have any sort of relationship anymore or are they... They they played a few shows in 2014 together as the Unicorns, and they did some interviews in like a press tour around then, saying like they're like kind of reforming their relationship and they're up to writing more music together. That was like six seven years ago. Nothing's really come out of it, so, so it could be. I I think. Sorry, go ahead, Zach. I think it'd be cool if they wrote music together. I don't think they should write anything more as the Unicorns because they. It's going to sound have, so much like, more polished or something, right? Like. It'll sound so different. They've both, like, they've written so much more material since then. It's so mm-hmm. different. It'll, like, it'll it'll sound like... Did you guys listen to the the most recent At The Drive-In album? No. I did. So, you know... They, it was just okay. Yeah, and it... It's okay, and it, like... 
Cedric's voice, it sounds like the Mars Volta now. It doesn't sound like his voice from At the Drive-In. And I think that that will be what this is. It's like, I listen to so much Islands, which is Nick's band after this. And he's put out like a ton of albums mm-hmm. and his voice, like it's, it's kind of funny because it's like hard to like associate these. That's the same person. And so like his voice is different. It's like hearing Owen yeah. when you it's hear more, American football. Yeah, it's like that stuff. And his, yeah. his stuff is way more mature in Islands, even though it's still jokey. Right. And so I don't. I mean, I don't yeah, think they're that, probably just at like a different point in their lives too. Like, yeah, I think I said that about American football, but I really like that third American football album. What, what are you going to say? Yeah, yeah it's good. American his football. voice definitely sounds like Owen. Oh, no, no, it's yeah. like he can't really yeah. make his voice sound like what it did on LP one for right. whatever reason. Yeah. Um. But twenty years. Go, <laughs> but yeah, it's something. Something more to it, though, in my opinion. I don't know. He just sort of changed the way he sings a bit as well. Mm. It's not just age. I don't think it's a stylistic choice. Uh, so I don't. You're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to pass up. Uh, Let's get known. Oh yeah, because um, I I really like this song, especially in the context of like this band would play on stage with like capes and stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like real goofy shit. And this song is about you know like there's that line: if we work real hard, we can buy matching clothes. Hey, let's get known. If we work real hard, we can buy some matching. It's just like that that funny like naive idea or like you're a kid and you're like let's get famous like it's that easy like they're just kind of like poking poking fun at the idea of fame yeah yeah it starts out with that um with like some some tv chatter of like about devil worshippers and in, in, in music and stuff involved in it you know, there's people who are really, really heavily into the more satanic aspects of it and, and the really more kind of violent aspects, which I'm not necessarily into. Um, yeah, I was wondering if there was more to that. Like I don't think so. I think it's just like, I think that's just kind of the part of the theme of like using like gimmicks to, you know, for your fame. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a very self-aware thing for a band called the Unicorns that like dress goofy on stage and wrote fun songs about death mm-hmm. you know so that's that's why i like it, it this song just makes me makes me smile mm-hmm. yeah. what did you guys think of inoculate the innocuous also a song i liked yeah very that's that's like the the guitar driven song i guess yeah i just put that it was the heavy one yeah i like that yeah. riff at the beginning it's good is the only time I've ever read a genius annotation and like agreed with it and learned from it. It's that <laughs> the line. The only time, really? Yeah. The other times I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, the, the line, the somewhere in the asshole of my eye. Somewhere in the asshole of my eye. There's a muscle which relaxes when you cry. I thought that it was has, hilarious. Yeah, it's a reference to the iris sphincter muscle oh there yeah there's go. a sphincter muscle so like i always thought that was a goofy line and it, i mean obviously it's still goofy shit but you know it's legitimately like they were probably reading their like biology textbook and were yeah. like haha there's a sphincter <laughs> muscle in your eye <laughs> let's let's put that in a song yeah what the fuck dude genius keeps redirecting me to like these spam ass it's a garbage <laughs> site bro it's garbage <laughs> yeah we, it need to, we need to create our own lyric site that's clean Oh, we should, dude. We should. That'd be cool. Um, so, Patrick, could you describe this album right for us? It is hand-drawn slash looks like it's colored with colored pencil that has a very sort of fun cartoonish vibe to it. It's got a rainbow stretching between two clouds. The top cloud says the unicorns, and then there's a lightning bolt piercing through the rainbow and striking the word who which is laying in a river which is and the rest of the album title is like floating in the river like block letters floating in the river who will cut our hair when we're gone it is a really good album art i think it fits the album perfectly Mm -hmm. and 
job well done to whoever made this. It's got yep. that like 90s, I mean, a 2000 spiral notebook sketchy look to it. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. So the um, album title, do you have any intel on that, Zach? I actually don't. I don't know if it's a reference to something or yeah. just a... I like, think it's a really cool title for an another, album. Yeah, another reference to death. Right. I mean, yeah, it's like just death. But yeah, I didn't know if there's any yeah. more to it. The only the only other trailing thought I have real quick is so the the song um Ready to Die, the very last one, mm-hmm. where he randomly mentions Biggie Smalls. I didn't uh, know that chorus. The ghost got Biggie Smalls sounds like a drill. The death sweat suits me. The death threat provides a thrill. There's so there's a uh Biggie Smalls album called yeah. Ready to Die. Uh and then it, the album after this, or sorry, the the band Islands that he started after this with the drummer Jamie, had, their first song is called Swan's Life After Death, um, which is like a reference to this album, obviously. And uh, Life After Death is also, is it Life After Death? Well, I might be screwing it up, but I think Life After Death, Death is another uh, Biggie Smalls album title. Wow. Which is kind of funny. See. It is, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's... He like connected this track and a track on from his other band uh, to Biggie Smalls. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I would say like if you listen to this and like it, just go listen to that one Swan song mm-hmm. because it's like connected to the theme of this <laughs> album. So I only have to listen to one Swan song. Yeah, and it's like a seven or nine minute song. So I liked how at, when he said like I'm ready to die, it's like cuts out right there. Done. I said my goodbyes, and now I'm ready to die. And, and like the coughing he does on mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. right before. Oh yeah, there's lots yeah. of like. Was there more than one time in the album with coughing? Like there this was. is the only one I remember, but okay. there could be. There could be others. I might be imagining it, but yeah. Any other? Uh, any other? I thought thoughts? Jelly Bones was a funny song too. Oh yeah, Jelly Bones is really funny. Um, it's just about like having a crush on somebody and getting Jelly Bones. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that for some reason I had under impression un- the impression that he had a crush on like a nurse, and that's why he was going to the doctor. But I guess I I was like mishearing the lyrics, and it's like he goes to the doctor to treat his jelly bones. That's it. That was my last thought. That was that was it. <laughs> my one stray thought is just that at the end of Tough Ghost, there's that like synth line, like, and when I hear that, my brain always thinks of Paint It Black by the Rolling <laughs> Stones. It, it sounds like it's like halfway there, and then it does something yeah. different. That's funny. So on that note, do we want to do our one sentence summaries? Sure. Go ahead, Zach. Hold on. Let me let me think for a second. We can come back to Zach and have him go yeah, last. Yeah, come back to me. The, uh, picker. Who wants to go first? Yeah. I can go first. I already said it, but it's just some good indie pop. I liked how just clever and snappy and fun the album was. I enjoyed it. I guess I can go next. Uh, I'm going to reemphasize with my last thought here that I think the way that the album is mixed is sort of sneakily good. And I really enjoyed that aspect of this album. I think everything about it sort of feels that way to me. Like, yeah, yeah. They are much better musicians than they let on. You know what I mean? Like, they're, you can see that they're clearly talented multi-instrumentalists, but they still tap into this sort of like uh, formative feeling or like, I can't think of the right word for it, but just like the sort of like excited band kind atmosphere of like a naive of like, like a naive yeah. yeah garage band young type thing i don't anyway it, it's conveyed well i had I'm a gonna, sentence thought out yeah okay i, I thought that and was there, your sentence but go ahead i had uh, the sounds <laughs> of this album are varied constantly bringing to mind other artists this is almost to its detriment 
as I found myself close to like putting it down in favor of those things it was bringing to mind. But the nostalgia factor of it always kind of kept me in and uh, I, I enjoyed it. There's nothing else really comes to mind when I'm listening to it other than Paint It Black on that one song, but didn't want to <laughs> switch over. <laughs> I, I agree with Patrick on that. Like, it does for me. I, I don't know. This, this doesn't remind me of anything else, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give my, give it my go here. I mean, for me, um, it just reminded me of like Sesame Street, <laughs> like nothing yeah. that I was like oh, going to switch over I, to. But no, I, I can totally see that though. Like now that you said that, I'll probably think about like some Sesame Street characters singing these songs, mm-hmm. especially that death character that's in the, the track. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, I guess my favorite album about death, it's in my constant rotation. So it's kind of hard to like just kind of distill down how I feel about it. It's one of those albums where like, I'm not sure if it's like, I loved it because it's tied to a lot of uh, nostalgia, you know, like becoming of age nostalgia. But I think like divorced of that, it's still one of my favorite albums. So uh, if you like music, listen to it. Yeah, I think a lot of people would like this album. Is this love of ours alive? Is it killing me? So James, this is the first time that I don't know your pick beforehand. <laughs> wow. It's been really hard to choose. Before I tell y'all what it is, we I want to announce that we're going to have a very, very special guest next week. An audition, if you will, to replace one of the, three, one of the four of us on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> he's, he's ready to sign Surprise, up. Surprise, I'm quitting. He's looking at me right now. <laughs> um, oh. No, I'm just okay. kidding. Uh, anyway. Patrick's twin brother, Tim, is going to be on the podcast with us to dissect. They have very similar voices, so So get ready. Be forewarned. We'll have to give you guys stage names. So uh, we'll we'll all be listening to my pick. I I wanted to, had a very hard time narrowing it down. I wanted to pick something electronic because we hadn't really gone into that realm yet with the podcast. Mm -hmm. I wanted to try to pick something that was healthy. Or discussion as opposed to just picking something I loved where I could just complain about the fan base the whole time or whatever. And uh, <laughs> it was hard for me because a lot of like my favorite electronic albums are sort of ambient and on the long side. And I just could picture Zach being like, eh, it was whatever. And I didn't want that to happen. Oh, it's, don't I'm, already prepared to say, I'm already prepared to say And, and I worry about so. like, well, is it too uh, popular of a pick or too well-regarded, like already well-established of a pick and all that? So I don't even think about it. Anyway, when, when we were talking about this. All right. So after, okay. So it was very tough for me to pick this next week. I <laughs> wanted to choose an electronic album. <laughs> And I'm going to pretend that I didn't just drag you guys through a 15-minute excursion of sound samples to try to narrow down this pick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. So we uh, yeah. ended up with another selfish pick from me. And we're going to do a Burial self-titled album called Burial. Burial? <laughs> Burial. Oh, okay. James, I kind of don't want you to stop doing selfish picks, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I mean, I love it. I don't mind them. Because we're still just getting to know you. (laughs) Everybody's still getting to know me. (laughs) Including my friends. Thank you for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Please, next week, listen to Burial. Send us your reviews of Burial to clubclub at hardaudiocables.com small very small chance that we will read it on the show and dissect your viewpoints very high chance that next week Patrick's twin brother Tim will be joining us on the show thank you for listening follow us on Instagram at hardaudiocables follow Zatch at thecookiemonster258 follow Hannah and Patrick at I wish I could skateboard We'll see you guys next time.